welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we want to dive into the story and endgame of Borderlands 3. This episode will contain spoilers, so if that's not your thing, this is the warning. Uh, if you're looking for a broader discussion of the game with only minor spoilers, then be sure to check out our previous episode on Borderlands 3, and then come back and check this one out. Right and Brett. So uh, we have now finished the story of Borderlands Three. We did it, and uh, yeah, I think we both were we're we're, so, we're happy with it. I don't know that I would say you know shocked or anything. It wasn't really any crazy revelations, right? Now it, it, the story in general wasn't anything super crazy. There were some turning points, but I guess I mean I didn't guess them way in advance, and a couple of the things that I guessed like were just wrong. Um, but it, it definitely, it was good. I liked it. I, I enjoyed the game and, and I think that overall, like if I had to immediately give an overall score, I mean, it's in the eighties the and nineties percentage of like, it's, it doesn't break huge new ground, but everything that it does, it does good, if not amazingly well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, you know, the whole game we were running around opening those Typhon canisters, Right. And didn't really know who he was because it doesn't really explain until the end. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was kind of cool how they tied that all together with him being the first vault hunter and him being the dad of the two villains. Right. Um, it, I, I, I will say that I and this is a I don't know, I almost feel like I'm I'm being like pretentiously critical and I don't mean for that. But no, I think I mean, go. I feel like I'm the one that's going to be super critical. Like I'm going to point out some nitpicky stuff that <laughs> what I wanted to say up front. I still give it like 80, 90 or higher percent. It, it, but that doesn't mean that there's not places that didn't bother me. So feel free. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess just what I mean is like because it's not like a mechanics thing or like the, you know, like a. It, it's just simply that. I almost felt like it was wrapped up, like wrapped together a little too neatly. Um, okay. Like, like it like could the, have used some more loose ends. Well, just the fact that like the Typhon was their dad and like all, just how all of that just like looped back into itself and kind of made it a nice little bow where it's like, hey, these canisters you've been running around finding forever are actually... Uh, you know, the first vault hunter and it's actually their dad. And doesn't that all make sense now? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like Luke, I am your father a little bit. I a mean, little. it's not the same, but you know, I, I, so, I mean, I was worried. It, it's kind of funny because my worry was true and then wasn't. And then was like probably half or two thirds of the way through the game. I, I, I don't know if you remember, I casually mentioned, like, I'm going to be really mad if this guy is like super significant to the story. <laughs> because the logs are all to me they're just the cringiest like it's kind of funny but it's kind of the new claptrap as far as like i just yeah I, but i think claptrap is is legitimately funnier no and i agree like i don't think typhon's really funny ever but i think that they were trying to yes. make they were yeah. trying too hard to make that funny yeah um which was like oh if we meet this character it's gonna be vaughn but worse <laughs> and I'm just going to hate it. And then when you do meet him, the conversations that you have when you first meet him and he's kind of traveling through the area are actually really good. And and there are those kind of heartfelty kind of moments. He seems much more like a, an actual person. He's talking about his wife and their adventures and everything. And I was like, 
he's not as annoying as his logs were. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah, I think and, it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, but I was just going to say, but then then he becomes that annoying character again. Like yeah. after kind of that moment in clo- really close to the end, he's suddenly just spouting off dumb things again that I don't care about. Well, and like what I can't decide is that I don't know if it's actually the content of what he says, either in the logs or when you're running around with him at the end of the game. But as much as it's that like his voice is just really annoying and, and I think they do that in to your point kind of in the way that they try and make claptrap's voice awkward and that's part of the humor i think typhon's voice is also supposed to be that like typhon voiced by gilbert godfrey yeah (laughs) i actually think gilbert godfrey's pretty funny yeah no it probably would have worked anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you're gonna go gilbert godfrey you have to go 100 (laughs) percent you can't half-ass gilbert godfrey but um but and then also like whenever you actually meet him he just looks so ridiculous, you know. It's just he's this... like the antithesis of Ellie. Yeah. He, yes, and but well, except also still like he's just really squatty and and silly. Like he just doesn't at all look believable as a hero. And maybe right. that's supposed to be part of the point or something. But it's like I don't know. Like in Borderlands Two, when you have Handsome Jack, and the kind of the reveal there is that like his daughter is actually angel and he's actually been like imprisoning her. Like to me, that was a, I don't know, like a better twist because it wasn't, it didn't wrap the whole plot up in it. So it was like surprising and interesting and actually really dark, (laughs) but, but it wasn't like, Oh, so now that explains because really Typhon, you know, he's the first vault hunter. So he explains the entire origin of the premise of all three games, or I guess four, if you count the Avenger one, and then the fact that he's their dad and he kept them on the planet to the, the twins I'm talking about, right. he's their dad and keeps them on the planet. And that's what kind of fuels them to want to leave and to be- become the people that they become. It's like his mismanaged parenting almost. Right. I, I don't know. I, I would have actually, which, which I thought was going to be the thing. And it wasn't um, when he's taking you and says that he has all of the keys, but one. Um, and he's like, you're trying to find the last key or whatever, but it's like, he's already on Necrotefeo, so he should have that key in his possession, because he's been there forever, right? Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't have to adventure to get it, which made me think that he was going to be the ultimate bad guy and double-cross his kids. Yeah. Like, not just betray you, but betray his kids, too, and like that he actually psyched up his kids to go do his dirty work and, and unlock Pandora and do all these difficult things. Cause he's not a siren, but his kids are right. And, and only they could charge the keys and do all this stuff. But then in the last minute, like trap you in the vault and Necrotefeo Cause he actually had the key the whole time and like close the vault behind you and betray his kids or at least ally with them or something. Not that that like, I mean, that's a trope that's been played out too, but I feel like, and maybe because I expected that, then it's subverting that. But it didn't, it's not like they were giving a bunch of hits that he was going to betray you or something. It right. just seemed like, I don't know, I, I may have appreciated that more. I, I don't know. Yeah, without seeing it, I don't know. But I I, I would I, I think that sounds more interesting. I think also I did suffer, and I talked about this while we were playing. I kind of thought that the Troy fight was going to be the end. And and it's cool, like Necrotefeo and and that last zone is actually a really gorgeous looking zone. There's a lot of really cool art, and it's a it was fun to play through. 
So I'm. It's not that I'm mad that the game didn't end at the Troy fight. Like that's fine, except that <laughs> literally both of the Calypso twins are laying unconscious in front of you, and instead of just like decapitating them or emptying clips into their skulls to just be sure that they're dead, they don't. And then Tyreen jumps up and runs away, and it's just right. like it's like that. It's like the. I don't know. It's it, it's not the same, but it's almost like it's like when the Bond villain explains to Bond how the death trap's going to work, and then he gets out of it. And it's like, right. if we're really about trying to end this, then why wouldn't when they're completely incapacitated, why wouldn't you just make sure that they're dead? Right, like, double it tap. It's done. Right, just be done. And instead, it turns out that Troy also wasn't dead. I guess. Yeah. That, that was another thing that was confusing was that Tyreen supposedly could consume anything that's living. Except that you kill the vault monster, and then she consumes it. So I guess it was just knocked out. Right. <laughs> is this like Smash Brothers or something? Like what is it? And it doesn't make sense because the game is so violent and brutal in every other aspect. Right. Literally, that it's like, why are we playing nice with the the most evil people in the universe or right. whatever? You know? <laughs> so, well, know. and they even play really hard on the like to be continued in four and it's mm-hmm. there and holds and like not that the the troy fight is a terrible if the game would have ended there that's a terrible ending right? I, I would agree with that but then they place they wait a long time they like let that sit in and then it's like oh, gotcha three two one next scene yeah and it's like that's not funny because that would be the sh- it's it wasn't a cliffhanger it was right. just a squishy ending yeah and to me, like if they would have done a cliffhanger and your mind is blown and you're like, oh, my God, where is this going to go? How is this going to end? And then they got you. Then it's like, I get to keep playing. Oh, my God. Instead, right. it's just like that was a really lame ending. It feels like they are pulling like, a, well, we've got some DLC for you. You know, like mm-hmm. we actually have this all planned out. But and it's like, What? And then you get to keep playing, but it, it I, we both kind of hit this point where we stopped once we got into the next area. We basically made a pact that was like, if it's five more minutes, if it looks like five minutes, we play through tonight. If it looks like one to five hours, we stop and come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was a whole zone. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, we're, we're done. Because it, it just exhausted me emotionally and like mentally. I was just like, no, I'm... That that wasn't a funny gotcha. That was just an exhausting gotcha. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, it, I definitely didn't think that it landed as a joke. The, the the specific scene where they say like to be continued in Borderlands Four, it it had that actually been true, I would have been like you said that would have been a really bad ending. I would have been like, are you kidding me? Especially if they were trying to tease it into another title, right? Um, you know, I, I hated the Hobbit movies for that very reason. So <laughs> it was the shortest they... book and it got three of its own movies. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and the end of the second one should the beginning of the third one is smog dying. And it's unrelated to the entire rest of the third movie. It makes no sense that it's not just the end of the second movie. Right. Like just anyone uh, that was going to see the second and third yeah. one. The, well, the you're goblin, better for it. Yeah, the Goblin King scene, like uh, we were falling asleep in the theater and I'm just like, OK, I'm done. This is <laughs> yeah. Anyway, suffice it to say, the Hobbit movies are trash, and it's disappointing <laughs> that they were made. Um, Extra spoilers, got them. Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. Those are old. Now. I know. But, I'm just joking. 
but uh but yeah but i like i said it, I, I it's not that i think that the the troy fight should have been the end because that was a fitting point as much as that again based on the scene that they created it's like how is this not the end because how did we not kill them and then again she just jumps up and is like haha i'm still the wicked witch of the west and then flies away or something and it's like i don't know this is really losing me here right and they don't really there were a lot of things they could have expounded on more to help understand like so for one they're twins and it it almost makes it seem like he he was leeching off of her when they were born and to the I think that's why he's got the middle the arms. mechanical arm right cuz she said like dad had to remove him yeah but they they could have also kind of expounded on there's there's like two things there that are deep lore to borderlands that aren't talked about one is that the sirens are all female mm. um and it's like the sisterhood of the sirens and two that there's always six of them and so like what is troy and how because they like he can't get power and has to be like fed by her like she energizes him um they had they do that in, like the first area maya. yeah and then yeah and then he kills maya and all of a sudden he can eat her right and and it's like it was always this like he this, they make this big statement about he has to keep her alive and how much of a leech he is or she has to keep him alive rather right. but but then he can just do it and well and, and yeah i thought like like I, I said when we were playing i was like i wonder if if they're just going to kill each other and we never fight them right like, but that could have been interesting like make typhon the ultimate baddie like you said and have the twins actually kill each other independently of of us you know what i mean like well and there's multiple times where like the two, the bandit war where they both send their champions after you and are getting mad at each other and then there's right. the the like him draining her to try to open the lock kind of thing right like, as if he's the more powerful one right mm -hmm. yeah yeah i um again like you like you said at the very beginning i i <laughs> despite all of these now negative comments i still like it a lot and i still think it was good um i th i think i would say though you know after having played through it now i think handsome jack was definitely a better executed villain yeah. than the calypso twins i agree but um, I think that a lot of the sub villains were better executed than in three, because yeah. they're like, and there are important or in two, there are important sub villains like, um, oh crap, when the train wrecks, um, the robot that was actually the guy, oh god, what's his name? This mm. is terrible now. That's why I shouldn't do more discussions. <laughs> there's there's a sub boss that you fight that that is a significant character, but really isn't. You don't learn his whole story through that interaction you have to like dig for it and it was actually oh. a decent story um about how and why he ended up as like handsome jack's murderous right hand and oh okay oh gotcha yeah that guy um but i feel like in three all of the sub villains like hammerlock's sister and already are developed characters and are just expounded upon more. The guy you're talking about, the the, the sub boss you're talking about, is in Borderlands too, right. and he's actually a playable character in Borderlands the pre sequel. Okay, along with uh, Hammerlock's sister, which is also a villain right. in this game. But I just so. feel like 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 his story in two wasn't as done as well as or like Aurelia. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. In in three, so I feel like, and even like the like mouthpiece, like I really like that's a, like one of the first big bosses that you hit, other than the the little mm -hmm. 
psycho guy. And, and I thought that just even without a huge story behind him, and there's actually like a secondary story that happens where they're auditioning for the other one later. But it's just him again, I think. Yeah, and it's just like the guy that was just like, I just look and sound exactly like the old guy. <laughs> but like I, just his arena and like the lead up to it with yeah. the speakers that blow up and the, the shattered statues and stuff. Like, and then you meet him. His arena is probably one of the coolest. Like it's a really cool boss fight. It is, yeah. And And I feel like that, the mini boss fights in two were never really like the constructor wasn't that like none of them are really super memorable and i mean they were fun they were good but i felt like three did those really well yeah yeah i would agree with that um yeah i don't know on the whole i thought the story was fine i think that i think that honestly for me in borderlands two and in three it is also the the same the side quests are actually where I think the writing really shines and I'm, yeah. I'm eager to see the DLC because like we've talked sure. about in Borderlands 2, I thought the D&D, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons theme DLC was probably the best, but even like the Torg one was oh, God, pretty the, hilarious. The badass crater of badassitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, so it's almost kind of like whenever they're not trying to, to write the serious story and they just kind of let the, the writers just go play because it doesn't really, it's not, it's right. non-consequential. That's almost when the best stuff comes well, out. Well, and there's a lot of, like, Tiny Tina's part was tiny. It, yeah. Like, she gets one quest, and that's, and it's a very, and and as much as I loved it, I, like, to compare it to the um, Penn and Teller sequence. That it, was excellent. It, that is excellent, but it's huge, and that's awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I was, I had to, like, pause several times because I would, like, cry laughing and couldn't shoot things, like, just throw grenades, keep throwing grenades and laugh. Uh, but I want to hear things, so I, I can't explode everything. But, like, Tiny Tina is such a much bigger character. Like, Pain and Terror were a goof, an amazingly well-done goof, and that mm-hmm. whole mission was super fun with mm-hmm. the, like, roving fortress and chasing after it in the car and all that is all amazing. But like, I feel like that almost does a disservice to how little tiny Tina is like, I'm not a huge, like bricks part was small and I'm fine with that. But like tiny Tina is kind of a fan favorite and I don't know. Yeah. I think that I think some of the tiny Tina Lester is lost though, with her being an adult at this point. I could be a lot of the charm from two is the fact that she's like a 12 year old kid or something. And it's yeah. that insane and kills people that easily. And, you know, is that, that evil, if you will, almost demented. They would have um, to subvert it further by her being like the most sane and rational person. As an that adult. would have been hilarious. <laughs> if Tiny Dina would but have like showed up as like an arbiter. Right. Know, but like, still spoken like semi gangsta. Right. Like, but just, <laughs> narrated in a monotone like posh voice like like yeah. kind of like a tannis character i yeah. think that would have been really good but, yeah yeah i would have yeah like if tiny tina would have been like aurelia right like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right yeah no I, yeah that would have been good um and maybe maybe though maybe we'll get more of it in the dlc kind of like yeah. we did in the D campaign now obviously she was also largely featured in the borderlands two story you know all the way right. through um so I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess, I guess what would be your, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you already said that. I was going to say, what, what, what would you say? How would you define your overall reaction to the story? 
And I guess we've already said that it's, it's you know, it's, it's good. good. Yeah. It's decent. It's yeah. it, it it's not nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing mind blowing, but it doesn't need to be for it to be a fun game. Like I still yeah. enjoy the game despite the even the the things that bother me about it aren't stopping me from wanting to play it. Like well, and it, you know, it, it 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 might be confusing because I I constantly say how good I think the writing is, but not just the story, but just simply like the dialogue and like some of the, like the, the Reese actions, the, the Reese oh. interactions. I liked all of those a lot. Like you, I think I said at one point, he's kind of like the good guy version of handsome Jack or something. Right. Like, yeah. So he was really good. And I really, I thought that they did a really good job. Well, and, and some of the jokes do land really well, like the mustache mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. and the fact that, that they do the callback where that's like Reese will remember that. Right. And like like a game. Right. <laughs> and I wonder, cause he picked mustache, right. but I wonder if you don't, if he actually shaves it. Cause he had, he keeps it. throughout. Oh, yeah, after yeah. That. But I wonder if in the cut scenes later, if he doesn't have it, that would be interesting. I might have and to, also, to do that in my second play. Like, <laughs> well, and also I don't know. Like, I assume you actually can choose different hats for claptrap. Like, yeah. We chose yeah. And the you can, you can change but... them on the ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's, and he just says a funny goof each time right. you, you switch it. There's a couple of different lines for each hat. So, and certainly if you have more story things you want to talk about, then we, I don't know, we'd yeah, have to jump to the come right up. Yeah. Um, something I, I thought was interesting when, so once you beat the game, once you complete the story, you can then access true vault hunter mode on any character. Um, and what true vault hunter mode does you know, it ups the ups the difficulty, ups the, the the you know how hard the enemies are. Also, ups loot rate quite a bit, yep, uh, or drop rate or whatever, um, and rarity. But the other thing it does is it makes the entire game scale to you. Yeah, it's new which, game plus, but with scaling. Right. However, another thing that they do that's cool is when you start True Vault Hunter mode, it actually just creates a separate save file for that same character. Yes. So you can load back into normal mode on your same character and continue that game. And like we had a bunch of side quests that we hadn't done. Yeah. All of those are scaled now in the normal game. Right. So whereas before they were, a lot of them were really low level. Um, Going now back. They were just go back. Be, yeah. Which is cool because then it enables you to kind of play through them and not have to. Right. Because we definitely skipped like one side quest for a while and went back a while later on like the prior planet and we're like, Oh, let's just, you know, let's play through this one. And it was just crazy easy. Cause we were like, 10 yeah, everything's yeah. Right. And, and then it was like, Oh, well maybe we're, we need to do side quests when we grab them, if we want to, to do them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something else that I thought was really neat though, is the collectibles carry through to the new playthrough. Yes. That so was you- super awesome. Yeah, so you don't have to re-go and get all of the different claptraps. Well, and that's what made me think of this was you bringing up claptrap, the claptrap changing hats and his little goofy line. I don't think we collected every single claptrap, no. so we didn't see what, what that means. Right. Like, I don't understand still. <laughs> well, and the, one of the last things you unlock is the ability to read the runes. Right. And you find the runes. And, and we were both like, do we have to continue on regular game and go back through every location or can we do it while we go through true vault hunter mode turns out you can and it's awesome well and i think it's cool because what they effectively do is they they because as you play through the first time obviously you've got all like a huge amount of 
collectibles because you've got radio towers, you've got the Typhon logs, you've got or Typhon logs, you've got the 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 claptrap things. So there's constantly in all the levels multiple extra objectives for you to go chase down, and and so if that was all there was, and they were going to keep the progress of that, then you either wouldn't have that to do ever again on that character, or you'd have to go do all the same ones again, which would feel tedious. But instead, because they they don't unlock the read the vault rune thing until the very end, it kind of enables you to uh, to have that ability to go through and collect stuff again when you play through the second time. So it like keeps that gameplay loop intact, if you will, of having something else to go discover and chase down or whatever. Right. Um, I also, so I don't know because I haven't unlocked Sanctuary in my True Vault Hunter playthrough. I haven't again. either. I'm close, but I, I'm focused in True Vault Hunter mode. I'm focusing on like digging into every little unexplored cranny of the map to find because there are some things that don't pop up until you discover them, like the uh, Hammerlock. Mm-hmm. monster killing things are just they don't appear until you discover it they're like kind of a secret thing or whatever right right well but that's the cool thing about the normal mode is you know because we did i would guess that we did probably 70 percent of the side quests like because we did all of the side quests at the beginning yeah and then there was some point where we decided we were going to focus on story that's pretty much and- as we were like halfway through eden six yeah. We started. It was really the burger quest is what <laughs> we both hated it. And, and we, it, it, it basically set us on like, all right, we either rush the story or we try to be completionist. And right. But so if you go back to the normal mode playthrough, you could now go back and you would only have to do the side quest. We haven't already done. Right. Whereas in the true vault runs, you're going to have to do all of them again. Yeah. Cause it doesn't save side quest progress. Correct. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I the and I, I was reading. I guess the difference between the mayhem mode is similar in function to True Vault Hunter, but right. but it said the thing I read, which wasn't from Gearbox, so I don't actually know how accurate it is. But um, it was just some random gaming site. But anyway, they said that the True Vault Hunter mode offers significantly more experience and better loot drop rate than mayhem modes do right and for me at trying them out it felt like mayhem mode was felt a lot closer to borderlands 2's true halt runter mode which was just everything super bullet spongy and kills you super fast like i i maxed it out to three and i was I, gonna say you went on the hardest one right well i mean i i did scale it back just to see what the differences are um because some at first i was doing fine in mayhem 3 and i was like this isn't that bad until i found like an encampment with you know like a legendary character with a rocket launcher and I just couldn't get through it. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No. And, and that, that was it, but a, in true vault hunter mode, it seems like I'm enjoying that progression rate a lot yeah. better. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with the mayhem modes. Um, Cause I guess, you know, I assume the ultimate way to play, if you will, or the ultimate difficulty would be to be in true vault hunter mode and mayhem three. Right. And I don't know if in true Vault Hunter mode you have to finish the main story in that to unlock mayhem modes. And oh, that's why I'm saying there's a sanctuary. sanctuary. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things that I'm really enjoying about true Vault Hunter mode, again, kind of pointing to to the writing, is just like so, like two things. One is finding like the hammerlock quests for me are really hilarious. Like mm-hmm. all of them that I've found so far have made me like the the crawlies being like a, a gag 
of of Varkids was just that kind of I, I really that tickled me and hearing and like which is no offense like we played through together and had a probably a pretty even amount of dialogue of each of our main characters in response mm-hmm. to different quest things mm-hmm. um but i just really like i love mose as a character so much i actually i, I want to do kind of a full playthrough on just about all the characters because they're even though what the main characters in the story say is the same every time um the responses are are so very flavorful and very unique to each character and Mm. really expresses a lot of their like their character development is just in these snippets of responses to Mm -hmm. quest hooks and i i love that i want to hear all of it yeah yeah i um i've only started so i've I've got true vault hunter mode you know i I should actually because obviously i guess actually i have it for all characters now since it unlocks it for everyone which is cool you can start new games with new characters and just start in that mode which i would absolutely do because the level scaling thing is something especially at least for the quests is something that i really disliked in borderlands 2 because i hated out leveling side quests right and then them being pointless and a waste of time to go do so I really enjoy that that's there. So even on new playthroughs, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to start on True Vault Under Mode so that way it scales the whole time. So I can do stuff in whatever order I wish. Right. Um, but yeah, I've played Flack, the Beastmaster, is the one I played with you or we completed it. And then I'm like level, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 on Amara, the Siren. Yeah. Um, but I haven't tried Mose yet and haven't tried... Um, the Zane, yeah. Zane. There we go. I started, so I started a Zane. I have an Amara, but she's at like five. My Zane is probably about where your Siren is, about twelve, thirteen. Um, the it, it also allows. Now I think this only works for a character that has beaten the story. Switching to True Vault Hunter, I'm I'm not a hundred percent because I haven't tried it. I haven't tried to make a Beastmaster in True Vault Hunter mode from level one, but you can skip the entire intro sequence and a huge chunk of the first quest uh, when you start in true vault mode, which I was one of my complaints about starting a new character in normal mode before we had beaten the game. So it is actually only if you've beaten the story okay. that you can skip that tutorial. So even for flack, you will have to play it again. It still is... stands. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and I agree. I mean, in borderlands too, like honestly, before Borderlands 3 came out, like probably a month ago, me and another buddy of mine were here and we were going to, we were talking about playing Borderlands 2. And so we both downloaded it and got it installed. And I was doing something else and he booted it up and started playing. And I looked over and I saw him trudging through the snow following Claptrap and then the Bully Mong comes out. And I was like, ooh, that looks tough. And he was like, yeah, I can't do it. And just shut it off. Because we, I mean, we'd started in Borderlands 2 so many times. Right. And it's like so slow and tedious like, feeling. just start you at the point where you have, like after you get the shield and get the gate open and you can right. walk around in the world. Like, But Borderlands 3, I think the, the that part of that section is is not nearly as bad as 2. Right, no, two, it is. Just it just also has also the hammer lock. Right, it just also has an unskippable FMV that's like eight minutes long to start it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I think all told that it's about the same, but it, it does at least get you into the action a lot quicker and give you all of your stuff pretty yeah. pretty right out the gate. And I like that the game starts you. I said this the other day that it starts you at level. You get your your action skill at level two instead right. of level five, like in Borderlands yep. two. So. 
yeah, I'm really excited to see what the DLC will be. Um, I haven't bought the season pass yet, but I will, I'm sure, once yeah. they announce a, a release date for something. I, I don't care to... I'm not eager to buy it just to say I have it, but once right. I understand what's coming out, I'll probably do it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm in, they, I read that they're supposed to do kind of like a raid boss style, yeah. style thing. Which so is there's, interesting. and there's a few things. So there's like, there's an area on Pandora where there's a couple of red doors and I mm-hmm. we'd seen those in my initial playthrough. I thought they might be tied to the runes or something. And I found them again in my true vault hunter mode, still no way in. And finally, it's just like Skirt Googled it, and apparently there's a, a spot that you can, if you have the mono wheel bike and like the highest level booster, you can ramp off of this little rock like just right and jump over into that area. Oh. And they're like, it's essentially looks like it's for a boss fight. That mm. one of the doors is an entrance door, one of them is an exit door, but nothing low, like when you get in there, it's just the only way to get out is to die because yeah, you jumped in there on a bike, but it, they they're like it is just gated. It's it's a literal piece of gated content. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I also found there was something that I ran into with you that you didn't see, but I did, and I had no way of explaining it to you, um, which was like a flashing warning sign on my screen. Uh, come to find out, that's where when we had gone outside of the map to get one of those little like side chests or something that we had found if you go far enough out especially at least on pandora is the only place that's the only where i've seen them so far there's these turret towers yeah and they'll like throw a warning on your screen if you walk too far you just die i actually got into those i don't remember it was on pandora but i ran into that one time as well and realized recognized it as that it turns out i'm very familiar with that mechanic because anytime i've played uh, the battlefield series the the Mm -hmm. fps game from ea um Battlefield's super cool because it's, you know, it's 64 player team deathmatch games and like, you know, territory control or whatever. Right. And there's vehicles. And one of the vehicle types is fighter jets. Right. It's like, oh, man, how cool. I want to fly fly a fighter jet. Well, it turns out that I am terrible at flying a fighter jet. (laughs) And so not only am I not successful at killing anyone with it, I'm not successful at staying on the map. And so typically the way my fighter plane time ends in Battlefield is... I take off and then end up eventually flying outside of the map where it has that exact same mechanic and then blows me up and then that's it. And then when I respawn, someone else gets in the plane and I never get it again. <laughs> Woe is me. Woe is me. You know? the, the other reason that we have to completely re- replay through literally the entire campaign and story is uh, I made a major blunder uh, right near the end, which oh. was <laughs> so right when... Uh, Lilith tells you to like go say goodbye to everybody on the ship. You're going to go for your last mission sort of thing and let her know when you're ready. I was like, or, cause she didn't say like, let me know. She was just like, talk to me, you know? And I was like, okay. So I walked up and talked to her first and it literally just all of the other talking to characters was side quest content. Yeah. You're supposed to go say bye to everybody. Right. And it's like, I wanted that. I, I need that piece of, it's those little details. Like, like you said, it that, was- that's where the writing shines to me is not the overarching story. It's these tiny interactions. That's what I play for. It was pleasing to me that that happened because um, I had a bad habit of like, like someone would be talking and I would just keep walking. Cause that's something I like about the game is that you don't have to stand by the person talking to hear them. Right. Like if you walk away, it comes over the comms or whatever. 
So I would constantly do that, not because I'm like in some super rush, but just because I don't know, it's boring to stand there and yeah. as well go. But on several occasions, I would like trigger another thing. <laughs> He'd walk into the next and zone then, and it would yeah, or, or walk to a boss fight or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, I would cut off the dialogue. And so you were getting, it's not fair to say you're getting snippy because you weren't like <laughs> that upset, but, but there were times where I would be like, all right, well, let's go here. And you'd be like, yeah. Once they're done talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come oh, on. You got to wait. Like, come on. So you're really is. starting to check me on that all the time. <laughs> and so I was so happy when it happened because I was like, now you can't say this <laughs> anymore. Now you have to let it go. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No, uh, and it, 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 it depressed me too. I mean, it was like, I, I, <laughs> I felt so bad because it's like, I just like, and it's literally like the last quest of the game. Like, right. And right. I have to play through the entire game now for that satisfaction again. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty amusing. But I'm a petty person, so whenever I can extract pettiness from a situation, I usually <laughs> try to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think that the, the true Vault Hunter mode is cool. I think the way that they do it where you don't have to re-get all this, the collectibles. And it... There, there's several collectibles that we missed, so now yeah. it's easy to 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 see those only and, and right. go back and get them, as opposed to like again, if you had to do all of them again, it would just be like, oh man. Especially on again, obviously you're going to have to do it on every character, but if you had to do it twice on every character, right? And I assume there will eventually be a third difficulty. That's how Borderlands Two worked. Yeah, was there was eventually an, another DLC that upped the level cap again, and then introduced a third difficulty tier. So I would assume that that will happen. So I'm glad that we won't have to redo that stuff all over again. Yeah. Um, although I did, I think maybe you told me or I read, I don't know, but that they, um, that they're not going to release new characters for yeah. in the DLC, which I don't know how I like that. Like I get it. And especially as if people pick it up, you know, which in this case, you know, with it not being on Steam yet, I'm sure they will have another big surge of of purchasers in six months when it comes they out. It would on Steam. really sure it would serve them really well to launch a new character when it launched on Steam. Well, it would. I mean, it would for people like us. But right. I guess my point is that assuming that there's a like the later that people adopt the game, the less likely they probably are to want to play those new characters. Right. And I don't know. You know, I don't know how much. Obviously, it's probably an enormous amount of dev time to create a new character that's actually different than the others and still fun and interesting and still well, and balanced. There is now also just so much more development in those characters. It's more than just the one skill. Right, right. Yeah, it'd be cool. Like if, like if, my hope is that like maybe Moe's gets like a flamethrower option. So you've she got has like one. the gun. Oh. I just never equipped I just it. Never seen you use it. That's because explosion tree. Just... Okay, so she had flamethrower, machine gun, railgun, uh, and then a power fist that can like melee or eventually become yeah, like a rocket fist. With the hard point options, I get like the three skill trees are based on. So yeah, they're based on railgun, machine gun, grenade launcher are the three. Oh, okay, but then grenade launcher tree unlocks missile launcher. Yeah. And then the machine gun tree unlocks flamethrower. I see. And the rail I... gun tree unlocks the melee. I see. So okay. there's like six total. Gotcha. And then each gotcha. of those can be further modified. Like like now in my current, like in true vault hunter mode, I'm actually going all, I was doing rockets and grenades like the entire time we were doing 
uh, now I'm doing nuke rocket and the homing rockets mm. instead of the grenades. It actually works out way better. <laughs> I, in the, I was looking at the control options, and I and it's probably silly for me to bring it up because I'm not looking at it right now, and maybe I was just mistaken, but it looked like there was something about flight controls, and I don't know if maybe that's just referring to like the hover thing, but that doesn't really con- constitute maybe, flight, so I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, you can like strafe in it. But, so maybe there's like a, and we haven't got all the vehicle upgrades. So maybe there's right. like some little jetpack thing or something for one of the vehicles. I do really, really, really enjoy the that collection mini game yes. of the vehicles. Like I think that's such a, a really, really cool way to give you new unlocks. I mean, there's some that are like planted throughout the maps as little missions or whatever challenges. But then largely you can just get stuff by just stealing the cars from the bandits right. and then return. Well, and I was I was really excited. So on my Zane playthrough, I found the heavy armor for the Outrunner. And it comes like a fire paint job and it's really cool. And it bulks it up some, you know, it makes it look neat. And in our game, we found the uh, hover mode for the Outrunner. So when mm. I went into true Vault Hunter mode... I'm now Outrunner and Hovers, but then got the heavy armor. Like, the first thing I did is just run to that and get it. So now I can have the heavy armor with the Hover things, and I just love it. It's, it's like, my favorite. Yeah. I went and played a little bit of uh, normal mode today to check out the Mayhem mode to see what that was yeah. going to be like. And, um, and yeah, I found a tactical that... Now, it, it's it's one of the, like, challenges that's planted on the map. Right. It wasn't just a single... But anyway, it, it upgrades the tactical so that it removes the bed and actually puts this, like, poison launcher on it. So when you boost, it shoots poison, this oh, giant poison nice. shot. You can just kill enemies, you know, chasing you or That's whatever. cool. I thought that was pretty cool, yeah. Um, although I have to say, like, it, I don't know what it would take. Oh, and I also found a tire launcher for the tactical. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one of the ones. So there's, I think that's one of the unlocks that shows up in Sanctuary. Because oh, we okay. found a whole bunch of stuff in Ellie's garage. I think the hardened armor for the tactical or the the outrunner is supposed to show up there too, but I haven't gotten to sanctuary with any character that has that yet. So, yeah, we have on the tactical we have the hardened armor unlocked, and I don't remember like the meat crushers. I right. don't know, it, 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 the shredder thing that goes on the front, <laughs> that, like, increase ramming damage and stuff. Um, but I will say, as, as I think I said in the previous episode, but if not, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, the bike i just i love the monocycle so much like i'm so happy that that is in the game like right. it, it it just it makes me feel like a tron thing kind of yeah. even though it's it doesn't look like that. it has a sound similar to a, a yeah. Tron bike and yeah and it, it is it crazy just, fast it's fast and you can turn it on a dime and like it, it only gets one weapon as opposed to the other vehicles get like Two. Well, actually, I guess does the Outrunner get two? Yeah, yeah, it does. yeah. It's got the rocket launcher yeah. and the machine gun. Right. So yeah. So the others get two, but I don't know. You can still shred stuff super quick with the mono bike. Right. So it's not not a hard hard thing. I'm actually really loving the Outrunner because I found the the bike. I don't know. It's something with either my mouse or my setup or something. Maybe it's just a bug that I was seeing. Is that I could just hold down W to go forward. And the bike sits there and swivels and swerves in like an S pattern and was just freaking out. And it, and it happened in multiple plays. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was a bug that I just needed to restart. Have you ever tried it just in a solo game? I don't think so. Because I don't have that issue. Right. And I, I almost I wonder if it's something where like because 
because I've always hosted when we played. Well, and I wasn't having that issue for a long time. Oh, Because like, okay. we, we played through the whole second act in, in you know Atlas core area just mm-hmm. fine. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't until we were in about halfway through Eden 6 that it started just flipping out on me. And I don't know if it's the, maybe because one of the different tires that I was using or – I don't know, but I love. I also just liked the out. Like I love the bike and how fast it is, but it's it's faster than the Outrunner. But if you like aren't super good at knowing the map and where you're going, the oh, Outrunner <laughs> the Outrunner will end up catching up because <laughs> it's not like that much faster. Well, no, and I mean, like for example, the the like triple boost or whatever for mm-hmm. the bike. If you do that, it'll take the bike up to I think like. 85 or 90 maybe 100 i don't but as soon as it runs out it goes back down to the 70s which is what the others get to also at least in their unarmored lightest frame well and even the armored mode like i can still get like 68 in the outrunner so it's not a huge difference right what what difference are we splitting here with seven miles an hour or something but i'm glad that that's a thing too though so that means that it like it doesn't make the bike the de facto choice for people that are speed running or if you're in a group and one person takes back, like, everybody's going to take it. Otherwise, he's going to get there and be waiting on us or whatever, you know. Like, right, right. Yeah, also super cool that you can fast travel from anywhere on the map to any player vehicle. Not yes. just your own, but any. That was something. We didn't know that for a little while. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's it's handy because there's a lot of places where you drive up to, like, the next mission area and it has, like, a hard barricade where you can't take the vehicle in. Yep. So then you have to go run through the whole level and then you get done and it's like you don't have to backtrack out if you don't want to. You can just simply fast travel back out to it. Well, and I've also used it even for like it, completing some side quests and stuff in, in Pandora. Now that I knew how to do that, I was setting it up in a position where like I'll drive up to here and kill maybe some of the things that are around just using the vehicle. But you get less experience for vehicle kills. Mm. So I would position it in a way that I could like kill some stuff here where and keep my vehicle safe and then go on foot and hit maybe two objectives in a row and then teleport back. And then especially for like multi-pronged objectives, like clap traps, Mm -hmm. antenna and stuff like that, where you've got to hit multiple Mm -hmm. locations, I can hit two on foot, teleport back to my car, drive to the next one, hit two on foot, you know, and, and that was, I was starting to kind of position it as like, cause you don't get, there are not a lot of fast travel locations. Yeah. So sometimes it's better to maybe kind of leave it a little further behind so it doesn't get blown up or something and leave right. it as something you can teleport back to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So have you have you tried either of the other modes? The There's the endless – well, I don't know if it's endless, but there's the waves of enemies mode. No. And then there's also just the like – I don't know if it's RNG or if it's always the same, but there's also just like a standalone dungeon that you run through and fight a boss and then loot and then that's it. I have not, I have not tried either of those. And I remember you talking about them and then I forgot completely that they existed because I, I I've been kind of jumping back in and having fun with it. Yeah. I wanted to try them just to see what it would be like, because it, it seemed like it might be an interesting way to like level a character up or something. Right. And I don't know if it was because I had chosen true vault hunter mode and not a lot of people. I mean, certainly we are not, <laughs> in the top echelon of people who <laughs> no. quickly. we were very slow. So I would assume there's a lot of people in true vault hunter mode, but when I was searching, I, so I, I don't know how to launch it solo. I only, the uh, only way that I can figure out how to launch it is through the, the social menu. You can then choose those two game mode options, but then you have to do matchmaking. So like, I don't know if you and I could just load it up with the two of us or hmm. we would have to matchmake. Right. 
And the first time I did it, I found four people and then it said the connection dropped. And then the next time I searched, it never found anyone. However, you can queue that up and then go start the campaign and go play. Oh, well, that's nice. So you don't have to stay in the menu to wait for, for to find But getting pulled out there. mid-mission can also suck. Like, it you're, could. like, right at the end and then... <laughs> that's the only thing about playing in matchmaking that's a little tough is it's hosted by the player that started yeah. it. And so if they leave, it just boots everyone. Right. As it doesn't to, migrate like, the host. Right, right. Which I get it. Host migrations can be kind of annoying. Like there was a game called For or is a game called For Honor that's a kind of like chivalry. It's like a one-on-one dueling kind of game. Okay, if you yeah, will. yeah, yeah. And and it when it came out had was was player hosted, and if someone left, if the, the host left, then it would mig- migrate, which is good because it's not stopping the the game permanently but actually really really annoying because you have to wait for two minutes while it goes through this process or whatever and in that game which is an online pvp game almost exclusively <laughs> it was really unsatisfying but they actually fixed it and came out with dedicated servers like a year into launch so wow good on ubisoft or whoever it is that <laughs> makes that <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, we should try out. That's one of the things. I mean, hey, maybe we'll have another episode. Just not now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I am interested in trying those out. I'm also kind of excited that they're doing, uh, again, free content in like Halloween-themed stuff. That should be coming mm-hmm. out here like real soon. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what is available there and how grindy it is to get. Because – right. Like, if I want, if there's a, I don't know, but because I haven't read really deeply into it, I know there's like a special grenade and some other stuff. But if there's a special head for each character, yeah, like, do I unlock? Do I have to get all of those? Do I have to play as all the characters? Can I unlock the head all on one character? Like, how grindy is it to get? How close is it to something that, even if it's not monetized, if it feels like a battle pass, I, I don't like that model, even if it was free. Right, like the battle pass. Oh yeah, no, I don't think that's what they're doing. Right, so if it's one of these, like it's it's really grindy to get. I mean, of course, if it's if you walk into the game and just get handed everything, then of course that feels kind of. I mean, I, was, I would still enjoy it because it's Halloween themed stuff, and I will wear a pumpkin head. I don't care. But yeah, I would say I'm probably most excited for whatever they do for like Christmas time because I want some Santa hats. Yeah, for for my dude. I like good Santa hats. Well, I like and, Santa hats too. You know? Well, and you'll probably get like reindeer horns for your pets because oh, pet yeah. costumes change depending on what costume you're wearing. Right. So, like, maybe my bear will be a giant Christmas tree looking thing, and your that pet will great. have the like Grinch single antler <laughs> on the front of the head on the ant. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Yeah, I need to change the build on Zane just to try, or not Zane, but on Flack just to try and see what it is. Because I've done exclusively, I mean, at the very beginning, I cycled through all three pets yep. just to kind of see. But I, the action skill that I used was the the rack birds or whatever Pocket that dive birds. bomb. Yeah, and so since I invested in the tree that that is from, it ended up. You also get a lot of beneficial. Not it's it's not the passive abilities, but it's the like ones on the side, like the extras that unlock right. benefited the spider ant. So I felt like I was, I don't know, missing out if I didn't use the right. spider ant. If I don't have anything else, you know, that's what's getting buffed or whatever. Um, 
So, but now that we've beat the campaign, I, I guess I can probably respec and. <laughs> yeah, but respec's like like sixty five k, and I don't know. It's yeah. just a lot. I did just I I I did spend seven hundred and something k to get the the seven out of eight. Oh backpack. wow! So nice. <laughs> the next one's two point one million. I mean, granted, the gun gun is <laughs> yeah thank you we totally i know not. how can we how can we not talk about this <laughs> yes so go ahead please so like you, you, that's when you meet um typhon, typhon yeah and, and he's like well here uh let me help you you know you're we're gonna need to gear up for this mission and he pulls out a gun and it shoots a gun yeah and he's like first one's free you know and like my character immediately is just like i want that gun like as the voice line. And I was like, I do too, Mose. It's okay. <laughs> and then at some point you just, you get that gun. Like he gives it to you. And the only thing in that has kind of frustrated both of us, which I, I kind of get, but it's still frustrating is that you can't bank it. Um, yeah. I don't understand that at all. I think it's and, to keep and, you from giving it to another character. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, it's, it's actually not very different than, going to an ammo or a, a gun vending machine. I mean, right. it's just RNG loot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're spending iridium to use it. So it's just really know. low for compared to like, which of course the guns are way more powerful, but like the, right. the other, the iridium, you know, shop it, but still, yeah, I agree. Or just level cap it, like put a level cap of 30 on. Yeah. It. Yeah. I don't like that. It takes up an, an inventory slot because inventory is something that is a constant, management issue in that game like constantly i'm having to look and see because you do need money to buy all the sdu upgrades well and because deaths can get expensive like in true vault hunter mode deaths can cost like 30 40k yeah but that but that scales based on the amount of money that you had so if you were broke then they wouldn't cost hardly you're not gonna go negative but right right um but yeah i don't know like since there is an actual in this one over two, where in two, the Iridium was what you used to buy the SDU upgrades. Right. But in this, it's the cash. And so there really is a value to, to collecting a full backpack of loot and going and selling it. But it's so hard to have enough space. So I'm constantly having to like, look, okay, what do I have in here that's you know worth less than whatever? And you can't sort by cost. You can't sort by sell no. by price. You can sort by so <laughs> many different things. I know. And it's like, and that combined with the lack of fast travel locations mm-hmm. so like you could be deep into a map that doesn't have a fast travel location and the last one is all the way at the beginning of the map i don't want to run through all of that again if especially if there's not a vehicle if i'm on foot or something then no i'm just yeah. gonna try to chuck the lowest cost weapon and mark everything else as junk right yeah um but yeah the gun that shoots guns is a pretty it's a pretty funny idea and a pretty funny way of generating giving you the player another way to access you know more rng loot drops or whatever and just to use a because there's only so many things that like in the costume shop that you can get for iridium and mm-hmm. i have all of the ones that i want really like there's a yeah. lot of other stuff in there that i could buy and room decor and stuff but you can also only hang so much room decor like I, I think three. Yeah, it's maybe like three four. or four hooks in the room for a decor item. I found a legendary one of those today. Really? One of the more disappointing legendaries I think you could find. Because <laughs> I don't know when the f- do you hang out in that room. Right. You know what I mean? 
But um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a gun gun. It, sh- it and it, and it's it's ten iridium per shot, and you get like ten guns. So I mean, they're mostly greens, but I've gotten some blues and purples and some various things from it. So I've I've there have been times, and I have like seven hundred and fifty iridium. I actually don't want to use it all because that would just be too much loot to sit there and pick up and sort through and sift. Yeah, because like, I've gotten upgrades from it too, and then like shot it again, and then upgrade the up the one that I just swapped out is already being swapped out by something better. And it's like, all right, I need to, I don't need to pick up 50 guns right now. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate the item level thing that they have. I don't know if it's called item level, but it's, that's the mechanic that it is where it, every item has a a score based on what it offers. Um, It makes it a little easier to sort through the loot, which I think is nice. Yeah. Um, That, that is a thing that I, and I get it's part of the gameplay experience, and I think I probably am maybe in a minority, but kind of similar to Diablo. And man, I don't know if you've ever played Path of Exile, yep. but it is the absolute worst. It where it's like there's just there's almost just too much loot. Like I get that we've got an infinite table of gun opt- options, and I get that a big part of Borderlands is the giant variety of weapons that you see and constantly kind of changing guns to see that variety. Right, but I don't know, like past a point, uh, like for example, we got a, uh, I got a legendary submachine gun off of the Tyrene fight yeah, and it's incredible. And I found some other submachine guns that are actually higher item level, but I have no problem killing enemies with the legendary one. So I just junk every submachine gun I buy and unless I find another one that's legendary or until I get like a hundred item level higher. Right. I'm, you know, or until it, I guess, until it feels like it's not effective. I had that way with a shield, actually, that I, yeah. I had salvaged, like, a blue shield that was better than the one that I had. So, initially, I just held E to a hot equip it, right? Because it was green on the shield capacity. That's what I want. Um, mm. But then I looked, and it was actually only, like, five better. It's, like, 4,082 <laughs> versus 4,087. But the mm-hmm. other one was a legendary that had a ton of other things. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'll, five shields is nothing to get all of these other items back in, you know? like Right, right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically the, the loot system is the, 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 you know, the better the color, you know, from green to blue to purple to orange, the more modifiers right. it gets on. So, so past the point, it's like, you know, if you're using an orange rifle and you find a green rifle that's close in item level even if it's higher it's probably just not worth it to right. switch because it doesn't have as many bonuses well and and, and i know you had kind of mentioned this as well i think that it helps that not that the game locks you into a play style but it definitely guides you in the direction of a play style is a good thing to have because it helps you quote unquote get like brand loyalty towards a, a certain manufacturer like yeah. I I will junk anything if it's not a rocket launcher. Um I will junk just about everything but Torg. Uh any Tedador that is not Merv is junk and like everything else is junk except a ca- an occasional Atlas gun or some other gun that if it says it shoots explosive stuff, then I mm. might look at it. But otherwise like it's mostly just Torg, Tidador, and the occasional Atlas is what I... So I, everything else, I just junk. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I find with the, at least the build that I'm using, 
um, with Flack. I typically like Doll is probably my most preferred. Yeah. But sometimes it's a little low damage. Jacobs is nice, but Jacobs is a pain because it's such low ammo capacity. Right. Like, can I find one Jacobs with thirty rounds in a clip? <laughs> and I get not a revolver because that how does that right. work? But but like I don't know something. Um, at the beginning of the game, I actually kind of swore off COV weapons, but lately I've been picking them up again, and I actually like them okay. Malawan, at least with Flak, is probably my least favorite because I despise the charge time. Well, it's mostly the, the Malawan shotgun is the thing that I'm always the most interested in mm-hmm. from just like the stats and everything. It's always the best Malawans that I get are shotguns, but I hate the shotgun charge. Like like we said in the other one, like the SMG and the assault rifle Malawans can be okay, but the shotgun is just terrible. Yeah, the the sniper rifle actually works like the shotgun, which is usually actually the Malawans I end up going for are the sniper rifle okay. ones, and it's the same thing where you have to hold it and then release to shoot. But if you then click again quickly, the charge is still built. Oh, so okay. Then you so can you can kind of tap fire it. Except that when I'm sniping, I'm usually not trying to tap fire like that because right. I'm not, you know, hold up that well. Um, but like in Amara, I'm doing, and again, I'm not very high level, but in her, the build that I'm doing with her, the tree that I've been investing in is the elemental tree. Mm. And so then I've been getting a lot of Malawan guns because they almost all do elemental damage. And you get to like add two different elements or something or, or max out one element. Yeah, well, it's, it's like her... Like one of the skills that she has really early on, one of the passives that you put points into is um, it has a chance to spread. If you hit an enemy and they get an elemental effect like shocking or burning or poisoned or whatever, then it has a chance to spread to nearby enemies. So it kind of incentivizes you to always be doing elemental damage so that you can get that AoE splash almost out of it. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing I think that we haven't touched on that's a, a part of it after you beat it is the Guardian ranks. Yeah, no, I did want to bring that up because they had the the BA tokens in the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, in the other one, it was cool, but it started very early. So it, it, it just felt like a really kind of slow burn, whereas I think it's cool that they did gate it to be in a more in-gamey kind of thing for right. this. Because once you hit 50 it still gives you a lot of progression. Right. And since you didn't start it when you were level five or whatever, like you did in the other one, there's more of that to accomplish after you've hit level exactly. 50. I guess. And, but, and it actually kind of keeps up. At least I've noticed, I, I have played quite a bit of the true vault hunter mode now. And not again, we're not, I'm still out of Pandora, but I've been scouring it and it feels like the level progression of course has slowed down for my main levels, but not too much. And my tokens have been pretty frequent, so it's often like one to two tokens per level, which has kept that steady pace of yeah. like feeling like I'm upgrading. And you just, you, I haven't unlocked. I'm at like eight tokens now, so I haven't unlocked, which is just the weapon skin for the first one. But I haven't unlocked the first like hunter. Right? I'm going all hunter right now. I think maybe you. So the way it actually works is that. Whenever you redeem the tokens, you choose the abilities on the left side of the screen. And, right. And so as you fill in, like, the the hunter or whatever, then it will eventually fill in the square on the right side right. in that screen. 
So, I mean, the weapon things, skin is just got yeah, like 10, yeah, yeah. 10 tokens in one column. And I've been, it's, it's been funny because it, actually all of the things that I really want are all in the hunter column anyway. And the like unlocks that are later in that tree are going to, again, just the rewarding amount of what feels like a broken character, like broken power levels but is just intended gameplay is I love it so much. Yeah. I actually read a, a thing today that the, they said the most powerful build in the game right now is actually Moe's and you do an electric electricity grenade. You actually don't use the, the mech anymore really. Cause I guess it's not scaled very well for the end game stuff. Yeah. Um, so you use an electricity grenade that heals your shields every time it does damage. Mm-hmm. And then you can just you just and it's doing basically the build you have and you just spam that. There's actually it's that with the I think the class mod that you found me the legendary class mod is one of like there's like a three item set that you can get ridiculous with because Moe's has a lot of abilities that like allow her shields to regenerate a reserve shield she's got like a lot of shield abilities and there's a shield that like any shield that when it either breaks or recharges adds a stack of something like mm. on break it adds you know 20% damage to whatever for 10 seconds there's something that you can do there's a trick you could do where you basically get to have that like permanently or at least really extend the time that that lasts and mm. you sit there and break your own shield with like a torque pistol like and just keep it right at the break there's another shield that reduces her to like one HP, but like quintuples her shield. And ah. you use the electricity grenade, so you're always healing. And then that you do that shield break a whole bunch before equipping that thing, and it basically allows you to stack the damage like infinitely. <laughs> gotcha. so you, uh, there's a video of somebody doing it for like 20 minutes, just breaking and recharging the shield, and then going just one-shotting bosses and stuff, which yeah. I don't care about that. Um, just the base game level amount of how broken my character just fight like the combos are not hard to spot yeah so you always like in Diablo some of the combinations and stuff that you can get like I would never have thought of not right. all of them yeah. but uh, well in Diablo it's it's the it's not really like com- combining skills is not self-evident in the same way because really in Diablo, the way your builds are based is entirely on the legendaries. Right. Yeah. Right. And so. And that kind of tells you what you're going for. I really like the fact that they kind of point those things out and it makes you, it just, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're abusing the game mechanics. Like, oh man, I'm going to stack this. I'm going to stack my grenade criticals with this other thing that gives me critical effect. Uh, right. So I'm so awesome and smart and like, it's just, it's made for you to discover that stuff. Like it, it feels like you're breaking the game, even in your skill tree. Like we said, with just throwing grenades all the time as Moe's feels broken. Right. And like, yeah. especially with, cause I found, so my new grenade is a, uh, a splitter Merv. So it's split, it's splitter Merv homing. So it's, nice. it's back to homing grenade time, which is great. It splits in midair. So now it's two, each one Mervs into three that are also homing. I'm just infinite. And now I keep a rocket launcher always equipped because I'm dealing so much splash damage that I can have a rocket launcher with an infinite clip because it always refunds ammo. The bottom skill on the hunter uh, token tree or whatever is um, I think all of your damage deals splash damage or something like that. 
but they actually, but if you actually look at it, it's actually disabled right now because it was actually too much and not that it was too much that it was overpowered, but because explosive and splash damage deals damage to everyone. Right. It was just killing friendly. friendlies. Well, it was just impossible to fight because like, maybe if you see me up by the boss, you wouldn't throw a grenade at my feet because you know, it's going right. to kill me. But with that, once you unlock that ability, since it's a passive, you can't turn it off. Yeah. So every time you shoot, you're just doing that. So you're just kind of hosed. You're a walking explosion. <laughs> right. But, it's not, but that's not just for Moe's. Like, all right. of the characters get, get that ability. So it, right now, it's it has, like, a red text on it that says disabled until a future patch. So I'm guessing that they have a patch coming out sometime soon that's going to be a quality of... There is, so there is some stuff where like some people's token numbers have been going in reverse, and they've gotten even negative tokens. I think they fixed Did that. Did that fix like, in the last patch? Okay. So I mm-hmm. knew that there was a, a little a couple sub-patches that came out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, is that, you know, long gone are the days, at least for, and, and maybe really just across the board, but especially for larger titles where they ship the game and that's that's it like there's always balancing there's always bugs there's always stuff to to go in and fix um and it's on the one hand people i think people find it frustrating sometimes because it's like well if you if you buy a game when it's new and play it you're probably not playing the best version of it right to some extent but on the other hand like i don't know i like I appreciate that things are getting fixed because I mean, there's some games from like the nineties that like uh, black and white or black and white two right. would have greatly benefited from the internet and broadband mm-hmm. and having the ability to push some patches out and rebalance and, I mean, and make the game fun again. I, I think for me, like I don't mind bugs. Like I've played Skyrim. I have played, <laughs> you know, like yeah. to me, there's a difference where like, it depends on how obvious this because I, I mean, as you know, I'm a QA tester. Um, it depends on how obvious this should have been to any QA tester, and, and like if it's something like in the first mission, the first time you pick up a gun, if you shoot it before allowing the mission to progress, it crashes the game. Like that probably should have been found. Not that that's whatever. That's not that's not a thing right. that happens. But um, you know, so. The things that I've, the bugs that we have seen have been, for the most part, really weird things that we can't explain that seem to degrade over time. Like there was one where I jumped into mission with you and we were electrocuting each other anytime we got within like. Right. With no enemies. No enemies around, no abilities active. We just were killing each other. And I wasn't holding, hands off the keyboard. I thought you had an ability going or something. And then you're like, I don't know what's happening. It's not me. Like, is it yeah. you? And I'm like, ah, it's not me. I don't think. I haven't changed my equipment. Like, I don't kill enemies with electricity, so. I, yeah, I actually had one today where uh, it was disappointing, where I was trying to, I was doing a mission, and the, the mission objective was to kill all of the enemies in an area. And the way enemies spawn is they spawn out of, like, a, a blacked-out doorway mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so there was this crate. And on the minimap, there was a red dot right on the center of the crate. Oh, well, if you no. looked into like the blacked out door, you could see the enemy standing there. And I actually jumped up into it and could like melee it and shoot <laughs> it. It didn't take damage and it wouldn't fight me. It would like look at me and like squat like it was trying to interact. Right. But I couldn't get it to come out. And so, and like I threw a grenade at it and it just bounced off the front right. like it's a solid object. 
and yeah, I just had to quit because I couldn't finish the mission objective. <laughs> I almost found a spot where I thought I was going to wall clip. Like, I, and oh, it really? probably maybe if I would have tried a little harder, I could have. But I found it was a weird little location where I don't think I was supposed to be anyway. And it was like one tiny little corner that I found like, oh, I can see through the map in this spot. Like, right. Well, yeah, um, you know, I'm really glad that we that we obviously, you know, finished the story. And like you said, I'm excited to continue playing through uh, True Vault Hunter mode and, and see what the mayhem modes are about. I do. I do kind of hope. I'm kind of torn. I, I do kind of hope that the mayhem modes don't get don't turn into what the torment modes are for Diablo. Which is the only way to Diablo, play. Well, it's not that it's the only way to play. It's just that in Diablo 3, there's now like, I, I think like. 15 or 16 difficulty oh, yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. And on the one hand, it's cool because it allows you to tailor the experience to what you want, where it's like, well, if you want things to take a long time to kill and have to really grind it out, then you up it. And if you want to just sprint farm things, then you keep it, you know, uh, keep it a lower difficulty. But I almost feel like, I don't know. It, 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 this again is kind of a pretentious sounding complaint perhaps, because I don't know how, how valid it is, but on the one hand, it's like putting more control in the hands of the player. Cool. You can tailor your experience. Why not give you more options? That's what we all say we want all the time. Right. On the other hand, it almost though puts the onus of like designing the game. Yeah. Like not you have to determine what your enjoyment, how grindy you want this game to be and how it's supposed to feel enjoying. Yeah. It kind of offloads that onto the player. And so like, the thing is, is that, you know, I didn't make these games. I don't know. And and so, for example, take a game like Don't Starve, which is brutally hard, you know, and is it will will kill you <laughs> very quickly right. and very dissatisfyingly. Um, you, you can do that in Don't Starve. There's all sorts of options. You can go and tweak everything you want. Like, you can go into Don't Starve and turn off the dogs. Yeah, and you so can add, you know, in, infinite amounts of berries and no sure. weather and no giants and... But if you do that, the, I mean, for I, you know, maybe not for everyone, but for me, I feel like I'm cheapening the game. Like I'm not really playing what it was designed around because right. I'm because that's not what it was designed around, and so I end up never doing that. Now, I guess I also don't play Don't Starve a ton. So, <laughs> well, I, I think to further that point though is that especially in a game that already has difficulty scaling, like mm -hmm. it's like so like Diablo does not like if you don't increase the new game modes and into the torment modes and you just try to keep playing it's not going to scale the difficulty to you you just one shot everything and get zero experience for it whereas like in in borderlands at least so far like like you said true vault hunter mode has automatic scaling if that's already there then maybe a little bit of difficult like basically it's just you know hard harder and hardest is your choices which is fine that's not a, i don't get choice paralysis from that and it does allow me to tailor if i want a little bit more loot for a little more grind sure but if there's already difficulty scaling then there shouldn't be 16 difficulty tiers because it's supposed to already scale well and, and the thing is, is i'm good with three and like in you know diablo 2 or diablo 3 when it first came out had three or four, three, three in Diablo two and four in Diablo three. Right. Difficult here. So it's not that I'm opposed to there being some options, yeah. but again, like I, I kind of prefer for the designer and developer of the game to kind of determine what is appropriate based on how progressed I am in the game. Right. 
not I have to figure out what the optimal setup is for me to think that it's fun. Like, I don't know. I'm the one that paid you. You figure, you figure it out. <laughs> right. You know I, mean? I don't know. And again, that, that I, I haven't put a ton of thought into that uh, in regards to Borderlands, but I, I definitely know in Diablo 3, it's something that I think is less favorable. Um, I guess because it also kind of diminishes the feeling of accomplishment for a really long time because the truth is in Diablo 3 unless you're playing on the hardest difficulty you're not actually you're not doing... in the end game you're not yeah and so it's like it it's like wow i have to grind through 16 or 15 tiers to get to the end right so i also just don't like that volume of it like i would prefer it be lower, well especially but... for no variation in content yeah like so I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how I feel about this. Like, I think the second zone I will really enjoy in my second playthrough. I'm a little worried about Eden 6, like, as far as just if I'll feel like... Because there were some good parts in there. I really like the mansion. Like the I feel like we kind of ended up to where we started to rush was the giant mansion and going through that. Because I feel like there were some side quests and, and areas of that that we just didn't touch. Um but I don't know how I'm going to feel about that as far as like playing through a second time. Am I going to enjoy it or I'm going to feel like it's a slog? Like at least we know both that the last section, Necrotefeo or whatever, has we didn't do any side quests there. We did only story. So there's at least right. a ton of content there that I will find some enjoyment through. I would say the part that I have found the most annoying to redo so far was actually not Vaughn um, on, the, on the Siren playthrough. It's actually the quest with the Australian chick that wants you to go get her coffee and that whole I can quest. see that being yeah she's actually not very likable for me like I just I, like you know comparing her to say like a tiny Tina in Borderlands right. 2 where side characters introduced tiny Tina is immediately endearing and hilarious and I love that she was in it or like Scooter right. was awesome and Borderlands 3 um I don't know, some of the side characters, such as, again, I can't even remember her no, name I, now, yeah. but she's, she's not amusing. I actually really like the voice actor, I, but again, they, they pushed too hard on the, we're being funny, like, the first coffee joke is fine. The coffee side quest maybe as, like, a goof. Like, there's some funny interactions. Yeah. Right, but every quest is about, we need coffee and food, coffee and burgers, and it's like, there's a lot of burger quests. Like there's Skag Dogs in Pandora. There's the burger yeah. quest in in the Atlas area. Right. Look and then it. there's the one in Eden Six that we accidentally started a second time and couldn't cancel and just have an infinite side quest stuck in our menu. And God forbid if there's one on Necrofeo. <laughs> <laughs> Typhon wants a burger. Yeah, like uh, I need, I need skag corn dogs or ant lion turd biscuits. I don't know. He has a big scat fetish. He talks a lot about turd farming. So, huh, yeah, that's fair. That's weird. Um. All right. Well, I, I, uh, like I said, I think it's a great, a great game, and uh, I'm really glad that we finished the story and excited to see kind of what the end game continues to produce, and and certainly excited about the DLC and the free content. You know holiday event type stuff that they're going to do. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I just want to reiterate how very much so I love the Penn and Teller stuff. And in fact, <laughs> there is there's a, a hint of that 
in like one of the first radio towers that you can shut down. I shut it down a second time, even though I didn't need to. I was just kind of just screwing around, you know, and I heard over the radio uh, pain talking to just talking about like how annoying vault hunters are or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was it was Pendulette's voice in the first zone and you don't hit that yeah. until you come back to Pandora after you've gone through Eden six and all that. And just that I am a huge Penn and Teller fan. I always kind of have been and hearing them voice pain and terror and just the way that their characters, like they were perfect caricatures of them. Mm-hmm. And it, that whole, that whole area is so good. That to me, that's like, that's the tiny Tina of, of board, mm-hmm. for me of borderlands three is that it's a very in-depth rich section lots of voice acted lines lots of points where i'm just standing and waiting because i want to hear all of the lines that are said and yeah but yeah no i agree i i'm still excited to see what comes i'm still happy playing it even though i am kind of in that like not necessarily grind but at least the first quests i've played through a number of times now because i've started three characters and i'm doing one on true vault hunter um but it's still I, I don't know how much I will want to explore these same areas as Zane to, to like mm-hmm. try to unlock everything. Um, but I'm still having a lot. I mean, I'm having a ton of fun with Moe's in true Ball honor mode for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Actually one, I guess one of the things that I, I noticed that I thought was a nice touch, which the game is so full of, of tiny little touches that they didn't have to do. But when you notice them, it's like, Oh, well, that's nice. Like, for example, how Moses mech changes the coloration based on how you color right. or how pet changes based on how you color. Um, I, when I went back on normal mode to do some side quests and mayhem mode or whatever, I, uh, found a, a new children of the vault tower that I hadn't shut down previously, like a radio okay, tower. Yeah. And they actually referenced that Tyreen was dead. Oh, they wow. Were like, they were like, God Queen Tyreen is dead, but she lives on in our hearts. And, blah, and then I shut it off. <laughs> that's cool, though. No, uh, that's, that's awesome. But yeah, like that. Like a nice little touch that actually references that you killed her, you right. know, as opposed to just being like the Calypso twins are our gods. Right. And then like, but they're not because they're gone. Well, and, and so. on one of the other ones, um, once I did, it's probably the same one that I was doing earlier. When I flipped the switch, I listened to the Claptrap broadcast for a bit, and he was talking about uh, his adventure defeating Captain Flint from <laughs> from the. <laughs> so, wow. And then there's also, which I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever went and looked it up because it's like a seven minute video, but at least the first, it's not a video, it's in in the game as well. But I, I found it on the the audio track of it, OST, um, is the Claptrap rap. Oh, and, huh. and it's not just it's the claptrap trap rap so it's it's wow. trap music with claptrap rapping over it and it's like seven minutes long but it's actually wow. really good like at least <laughs> like as far as referencing things in the in like he talks about the birthday party and how no one came and mm. like it makes a lot of these little so many little references to to Claptrap's adventures and the Vault Hunter adventures and stuff that I, I thought was really good. I am. I love how everyone hates Claptrap. Oh, yeah. Not in, I mean, in real life, whatever, but in the game, it's hilarious. There's also it's, so one thing I did. So on my uh, operative playthrough, my Zane playthrough, I did find this, and it's something that I think actually only happens in this section, which is when Claptrap's butt 
is suctioned through the the hole in the ship and he gets stuck up there you can go mm-hmm. find the veronica and it's alone and you technically don't know what it is yet because you haven't completed that you know section of the quests and, and claptrap's not in that area um or you've completed him but he's not there and there's a button that you can push and when you push it a disco ball comes down and plays that, some fun music and the little veronica's like it looks like a like a horsey ride, like a piston horsey ride, where it just kind of bounces up and down and back and forth, and it, like it's kind like it's dancing, but not because it has no arms or anything. And I just and later on, you can't hit that button anymore. So I thought that uh, was a fun like once claptrap's in there, I couldn't at least I don't know if you can again later or whatever, but I couldn't it went in my you know when I went back in one of my other playthroughs, I could no longer hit the button in there, and I was like, huh. So I wonder if there is it's those little touches of things that you can discover in just the right moment right. it's like and also which i haven't found them yet and i'm i don't i'm trying not to spoil things for myself but it's like the i've heard that there are echo tapes for uh the psycho from mm-hmm. that the playable psycho from borderlands 2 Creek, yeah, Creek. um and that finished covering his story and that there may also be some for um the necromancer uh, uh, yeah, I can't remember her name. I had it a second ago, but yeah. So there may be some tapes that cover those characters and what happened to them. So that's cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll be all for the episode today. Um, as always, if you'd like to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at P U Y S pod. That's the abbreviation for pick up your sticks in case you guys weren't following along. Uh, all one word at P U Y S pod. Uh, if you like this episode, please rate star, give us a thumbs up review, wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, whatever platform, uh, it helps us out quite a bit and we really appreciate it. Uh, Brett, any final closing thoughts? No, I think we've, we've pretty much covered Borderlands as in and out as, as I think we can. So I'm excited awesome. to, to get into, there's a few other games we've been playing. So there's some, some interesting stuff that we'll have coming up here pretty soon. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll pick up your sticks, play some games, have a good one. Yeah.